Disclaimer. I am not a licensed therapist, counselor, or professional broadcaster. The following are stories from my life and personal experiences and are the property of me. There will be profanity, quite a fucking bit of it, so please keep that in mind along with adult themes and topics. Listener discretion is advised. I've always wanted to say that. Hi and welcome to episode 21. Holy crap, 21. That's one more than 20 for you math wizards out there. Anyway, this is Here She Comes, Confessions of a Retired Vibrator Seller, and I'm your host, Jasmine Zees. As you may recall from my last episode, I told the story of a pair of quirky shoes that got me into some sexy hot water. Those shoes will play a part in many more adventures to come, so to speak, so let's get right back to it, to the story, that is, without further ado on the shoe. <laughs> That was a really bad joke, sorry. I'm gonna shiver you, shake and quiver you, shiver you up. I've done parties in Scarborough before, I said to my hostess. Well, I did one, at least. I think it's gonna take an hour to get there? I'm sure you discovered there are two Scarboroughs. One that's safe and middle class, and the other is gross scumville. I wouldn't want you to get stuck there in the middle of the night, if you know what I mean. Which one are you? The middle class one. I could almost hear Pina smiling on the phone at me. She told me she was Greek and that she was inviting her entire family and her extended family to the party. We're going to be a big group. A big group, Jasmine. It wasn't the first time I'd heard that. Everyone seemed to think that all the guests they invited to their party would show up, but a year into selling vibrators, party after long party, I knew better. In Pina's case, I should have listened. I wasn't prepared for what I walked into that night. I could hear loud screams from the street as I pulled up to the driveway. I looked for a park in the area, thinking the squealing was coming from some neighborhood kids, but as I approached the large white brick house, I realized they were coming from inside the three-story home. Pina had warned me she would have between 15 and 18 women at the party. I packed for 10. It took me more than a few minutes to get my bearings when I walked into the foyer of her house because I was tripping over so many scattered pairs of shoes. I counted at least 20 different pairs as I put my briefcase down and tried to adjust to the loud volume in the house. I froze in the doorframe. Come in, come in, a stout woman wearing a red and blue flowered apron said. I'm Pina. Her apron was covered in tomato sauce, flour, and what looked like green icing. She pressed her warm cheek against mine, giving me a kiss on each side of my face a total of three times. I didn't move. Oh, did I get moussaka on you? She said with alarm, looking from my blouse to her apron and back. 
I didn't move. So many shoes. Why were they screaming? Why was it so hot in the house? Pina grinned a broad, loving, incredibly intuitive smile at me and pulled me past the shoes into the main living room. Don't be scared. These yappas have a worse bark than bite. You want to eat something? Eat something. Eat. Eat. Pina took my coat off me and grabbed the lingerie basket from my hand, motioning toward the eight-foot table covered in food. In all the parties I had done to date, I had never seen so much food spread out for the guests. There was moussaka, fried pita, hummus, dolmadis, salsa and chips, bread with cheese, mini sandwiches with the crust cut off, pastries ranging from squares to full buttercups, and at least ten bottles of red wine, three of which had already been opened and were almost empty. The house smelled like fried food, garlic, and at least 20 different kinds of perfume. Pina asked me to set up in front of the curtains in our living room. She said it would give me a nice theatrical backdrop. I stepped over a few ladies lounging on the floor and passed a few chairs that had obviously been rearranged so that they all faced the windows. A quick survey of the room and I counted 28 heads. 28 28 heavily teased hairdos. 28 sets of lipstick lips moving in loud conversation. 28 beverage glasses being passed back and forth with burgundy, pink, and white liquid swirling over and around reaching arms and hands. I swallowed hard. There were 28 of them and one of me. And all I could think was, I packed for 10. It took me almost 20 minutes to hand out the paper order forms because the ladies kept moving from seat to seat to talk to each other. I decided against giving them penis pencils because I knew I would never get their attention back if I did. I looked down at my watch. It had already been an hour since I got there. I was incredibly late in starting. I could only imagine how grumpy Lammy would be if I checked in with him late. He'd make some kind of passive-aggressive comment about how my job was costing him sleep and make me feel guilty for being out, even though it was the only source of income I had. Can we start, ladies? I said, my voice barely cracking above the cacophony. Ladies? Ladies! They bustled and ate, chatted with whomever was sitting next to them, but none of them stopped what they were doing. I tried again, but my words were suffocated by the clouds of other words in the air. Tell them to shut up, a woman at least eight months pregnant in a yellow dress said. I almost didn't see her. Despite her round belly jutting out and her legs splayed apart because it was the only way she could sit comfortably, I barely took note of her. She had tucked herself into the corner near me, quietly knitting, while everyone else talked around her. She looked like a ball of sunshine with thin white legs. Ladies! Ladies! I shouted. Ladies, please! They continued talking over me. I looked over at her, helplessly. Shut the fuck up! came the order from the yellow lady. She never looked up from her knitting, but every voice in the room fell silent at the sound of hers. Uh, thank you, I said quietly in the awkward moment that followed. She looked up and sweetly smiled at me. They're all yours now. Be careful with them. Listen to Gilly, a woman from the back of the room shouted. She's got prego hormones. She'll take us all out. Gilly rolled her eyes and continued to knit. <laughs> 
They're all yours, she said again. Take it away. Uh, okay, ladies. My name is Jasmine. I will be your consultant for the night. They were eerily quiet. The noise level in the room had gone from ceiling high to subterranean. My armpits started to sweat as every dark brown pair of eyes in the room was on me. The only one not focused on me was Pina, my hostess, who was constantly running in and out of the kitchen with more food. I started to show them the lingerie, but the tidal wave of negative comments stopped me before I could get to the costumes. Greek men don't give a shit what you wear, Jasmine. They just want you to show up. They were making their own jokes without me. I still think it's important to wear what makes you feel good. What the fuck is the point? The tallest Greek in the room shouted from the back. It's off you in less than ten seconds. I ain't paying a hundred bucks so it can lie on the floor while he gets his rocks off and only wears his boxers. They laughed. It started out small, but I could feel it threatening to take over the room again. I clapped my hands aggressively. Ladies, please! I implored. Who the fuck are you calling ladies? Another one shouted from my right side. That was it. It was too late. I lost them. They started laughing and chatting amongst themselves, ignoring every single word I said. Just like in a classroom, the troublemakers were all toward the back. The quiet, studious ones that wanted to learn were patiently waiting in their seats directly in front of me. I can't get the women in the back of the room to listen, I whispered to the front row. Greek women don't listen, an auburn-haired woman in front of me said. You just keep going, Jasmine. You're doing a great job. Aren't you a Greek woman? Yes, she said and smiled. Keep going. I presented the bath products and body lotions. I had to repeat each item several times so that everyone could hear me. It was almost an hour and a half before I got to the lubricants and oral sex oils. What is the key to performing oral sex on a man? I asked in such a loud voice that the echo of it was still heard afterward as the ladies fell completely silent in response. I wasn't sure if they had heard me or if they were waiting for an answer. I repeated the question. Lots of teeth, the tall Greek at the back shouted. Give them lots of teeth! Love, I heard someone say from the front row in a voice just above a whisper. Give him lots of love. I couldn't sort out my thoughts or handle the barrage of answers I was getting from the other women at the back of the room that included use lots of spit, tickle it with your nose, and dip it in hummus first. Give him lots of love, she had said. It reminded me of the first time I ever told Lammy I loved him and how things had transformed for me from dating him casually to becoming seriously attached to him for what I thought was going to be the rest of my life. Lammy and I had been dating for almost two months. We took turns going up each weekend to see one another. While I preferred for him to come to me, I did appreciate the times I went up to Montreal because the long drive would give me ample time to think and sing along to cheesy songs from the 70s. One of my dear friends who I belly danced with asked me if I would make her wedding cake. She was a dear friend who gave me some of the best advice in my life. After I had broken up with my first boyfriend, I lamented to her after class that I didn't think I would ever meet anyone I could love or marry. Oh, Marjula, I said. I think I'll be perpetually single. Hey, if I ever wrote my memoirs, that's a good title at least. My sweet little jazzy, she soothed. 
let me give you some advice. Make yourself a nice little life. Do the things you love and be with people who support you. If someone comes along, well then, make room for them in your life. And if no one comes along, well, you had a nice little life. Marjula was single when I met her. Sometime later, she met someone and invited me to the wedding. Not only did she invite me to attend, she also asked me to make her wedding cake. That weekend, Lammy came up to stay with me so I could prepare and deliver the cake. I made a two-tiered vanilla buttercream cake with purple ribbon and hand-rolled fondant flowers. Lammy came with me to the hall to drop off the cake. He had been acting goofy all day. He watched me set up the cake and pipe on the tiny icing stars to embed the ribbon to the edges. I started to become uncomfortable under his gaze. What the fuck are you staring at? He didn't respond to my question. He just smiled at me. I chose a sequin purple dress for my store to wear that had silver and white pearls on the neckline. I loved the way it matched the cake. Lammy chose to wear a similar toned necktie and even brought down a selection of suits for me to choose from. I decided to treat myself to a hair appointment because time was running short for me to get ready and I didn't trust my own ability to tame my mess of curls on my own. I told my stylist to do whatever he wanted to my hair to make it look nice. He opted to pull my long hair straight with a few lightly curled wisps at the temple. I left the salon feeling like a million bucks. The weight of my heavy curls was gone, and each light breeze lifted my hair in gentle waves off my neck and face. I felt like a runway model. I entered our store where Lammy was waiting to drive me back home so we could change for the wedding. He had an expression on his face that I couldn't read. My mother embraced me and told me how pretty I looked. I glanced over to Lammy. He was still silent. We drove to my house in virtual silence. I opened the window of his car so I could feel the air swish through my silken locks. It felt like heaven. We got dressed up and even posed for a few pictures for my mother before heading out to the wedding. I mentally noted that the only person who told me that I looked beautiful that night was my mother. When we arrived at the wedding, my friend Marjula was every bit the gorgeous blushing bride. Oh, my jazzy girl, you look so beautiful, she said, hugging me tightly. Look at the ribbon on my flowers. Without planning it, somehow I had picked the exact same ribbon she was using for her wedding decorations on the cake. It looked like the entire theme was planned. I was beyond pleased. Lammy, the ribbon matches. What are the odds of that? The cake looks good, he said flatly. So, the cake looked good. The hall was nice, but not a single comment all night about how I looked. I was beginning to feel less secure and even a little sad. As the couple uttered their vows to each other, Lammy leaned in and made a comment about the decorations and the backdrop for the bride and groom. I would do it that way, he said. How would you do it? There's a hotel in Montreal, right on the edge of the city. They have a beautiful hall that looks out at the trees and the water. It's not used for weddings much, but I think it would make a great backdrop for a ceremony. Oh, is that the one I see when I drive into Montreal, the one right after the bridge? No, it's on the edge of the city. I'll take you there. They charge about a hundred dollars a plate. How much? I gasped. Is the food made of gold? It's worth it, he said. I studied his expression. He was staring at me again. Well... I guess it won't matter to you. You only have like three friends, so that would be $300. No big deal, right? 
I waited for my joke to land. His face became very stern and serious. He leaned in and whispered, Yeah, but you have a hundred. His jaw clenched and unclenched. His thin upper lip was tucked so far into his mouth that it disappeared. Was he mad at me? Why was he staring at me? Wait, why was he planning a wedding? And wait even more, was he planning it with me? I picked up his hand and held it up to my lips. His expression softened a bit. I turned away from him, unable to handle his gaze. My mind was reeling. Did he really think we were going to get married? How long had he been thinking it? Was that why he was staring at me all night? Was he going to propose? I began to feel sweat build on my hairline. My first thought, don't sweat. You'll ruin your hair. But my body was reacting with a pounding pulse, light sweat and uneasiness in my gut. After the ceremony, I asked Lammy to drive me to the store so I could pick up some papers I had to take home. It was late and surprisingly quiet downtown. I locked the door from the inside and headed toward the back room of the shop. Lammy closed the curtains that separated the back from the front of the store. I found the papers I needed and turned to leave when he stopped me with a kiss. His breathing was heavy and labored. He groaned into my ear, the sound so guttural and primal it melted me from the inside out. He cleared the top of the office table and laid me down gently on it as he lifted my dress and entered me with such deliberate precision it felt like an orchestrated masterpiece. He was still wearing his suit jacket, shirt, and tie, making his broad shoulders look even more impressive. He locked his eyes on mine as he thrust back and forth. I tried to look away from his intense gaze, but every time I tilted my head to one side, he gently reached out to turn me back toward him. His hands wove themselves into my hair with a forceful gentleness that kept us fused together. When he climaxed, he was staring directly at me. In the dim light, I thought that I could see the glisten of one tear building on the side of his eyes. I straightened out my dress as he pulled up his pants and readjusted his tie. It took me a few minutes to get my bearing and to catch my breath. I sat on a chair by the table we had just made love on as he leaned back and slowly smiled. I wish we had that on tape, I said with a huge grin. We must have looked so good like we were in a porno or something. Lammy didn't speak. I could see his mouth twitch like he was trying to control, not bursting into laughter. I nuzzled my face into his crotch and kissed the seam of his trousers. That was amazing, I said to his seam. I love him so much. I continued to place little loving kisses on his pants when he stopped me and lifted my eyes to meet his. He loves you too, he said. And when my smile began to fade, he added, and so do I. Wait, what? You heard me, he said. I love you. My throat instantly tightened. Tears sprang to my eyes, and though I didn't feel it in my heart, I looked him in the eye and whispered, I love you, too. I'm gonna shiver you, shake and quiver you, shiver you up. Thanks for listening. Feel free to reach out to me via social media. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Until next time, 
Remember that the best part of life is love. So be sure to open your heart to it. Because here she comes. The sign seal kiss and deliver you, shiver you up. I'm just a popcorn dreaming, gonna red and back the butter you up. I'm gonna shiver you, shake and quiver you, shiver you up.